know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does AM 1420 WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. Matt, can you hear me this week? I can hear you. Not like last week? Yes. What was that? What was that all about? I don't know. That was, that was the worst episode of Spooky South Coast ever. Aside not, from the first. Yeah, well. But we won't talk about that. Not, a, not if you listen to the podcast, though. The podcast came out beautiful because, you know, we can edit that and change it around. But we apologize to everybody that tuned in last week as we tried to broadcast live from Paranormal X. Now, what a great event that was. What a great night. So many people brought together for the purposes of just, you know, networking, communicating, sharing their knowledge. And uh, a lot of people got to meet, you know, investigators and, and, and people in the paranormal field that they wouldn't normally get a chance to, to meet in person. And Ray put together a great event, uh, Ray Duallaby from Scars Magazine. They're planning on another one, I believe. So we'll keep you up to date on that. And if you actually went to Paranormal Access, we have an in-studio guest visiting with us tonight who was actually our winner last week, and she had a great time. I know that. She got to meet Lisa, and did you talk to Paula and, and Donna? And, and Keith and Carl were there, and it was just it, it was a great time because everybody was laid back, relaxed. You know, it's not like when you're actually in a classroom setting or when you're, you're, you're under time constraints to try to get all the information out. Uh, it was great, and they also had a good bar too. And I'd like to thank the bartender there who um, helped me out, and in exchange, I helped her out. I got her a, a wheezy autograph, but I stole out of Moniz's bag. Did you? Yes, he knows about it, so oh. we're not really tattling on the air here. I was going to say he's usually pretty protective about those. He is, yeah. Well, I think he's got a giant life-size wheezy yeah. <laughs> autographed in his house. So I think wheezy's at his house. Probably, most yeah. of the time. Most of the time. So, uh, so Matt, did you know? I kind of threw everything uh, in your hands this week. I, yeah. I kind of said, Matt, make a show because uh, I was actually in New Hampshire at a wedding. Congratulations to Patrick and Aaron. Yep. Or as my son calls her, Ernan. So, <laughs> <laughs> congratulations to them. Uh, hopefully, they have a, a long and prosperous life together. And you know, we got a great trip up to Lake Winnipesaukee to help them celebrate. So now I'm back, and I don't know what's going on. So what's going on tonight? That's a good question. <laughs> we have Penny Dreadful in the studio. We do. We have the horror hostess with the Moses. How are you tonight, Penny? Oh, I'm just excellent. How are you guys doing? Spooktacular. That's wonderful. Hey, listen, I, I've got a special incantation just just for you guys here tonight. Do you mind if I read it? No, let's go right ahead. All right. A crackling buzz is in the air. True tales to frighten and whiten your hair. Flying saucers, ghosts, accursed rings, Bigfoot, Mothman, and unspeakable things. Listen close and you will know of stories so strange your mind will blow. It's a paranormal cryptozoo of ectoplasmic Martian goo. But it's okay, it's all right. The professor's here to put things right. The silent assassin won't make a sound. And Tim will tell you how it all went down. So tune in, my friends, and you can boast that you learned all about it on spooky south coast wow that was amazing that was it was spooktacular as you say and and i didn't turn into a frog at the end no well I, you know I, I was gonna do that like it was gonna be like a little joke you know but i decided to <laughs> hold back as long know. as you can as long as you can turn me back afterward uh, i i haven't figured that thought out yet all right let's, <laughs> a couple, couple of weeks ago you could have won the uh weird owl tickets for that yeah hey. i know but well congratulations <laughs> to larry who had a great time at the show i got to actually talk to him he, 
he he had a good time. He was sitting right in front of us. So, and and you were there as well, Penny. I was. That was a that was a great show. I lo- I've I've enjoyed Weird Al ever since I was a little witch. So it's great to see him. You know. And you didn't put any kind of spell on him because he looks great. I don't no. know if that was your handiwork. Or... Well, you know, he uh, he approached me once, but uh, I said, hey, you know, you got your own thing going on. I don't need to help you out. You're all set. And uh, and he's 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 managed to stay young on his own. I like his new look too. He's pretty pretty hot. Weird Al these I, days. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure there was some uh, cosmetic surgery involved there. Or something. It's possible. I know he had LASIK done. I think he had more than LASIK done. He's, the guy's like 50 years old and he looks like, you know, better than I do. We have a call on the line. Let's see who's on the line. Good evening. You are on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Hang up and then die your operator. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, that was, that was a, the, the curse of this poem that I read. It caused that to happen. That lady always calls us. She's always bothering us. So, uh, so Matt, uh, as I was saying, while I was up in New Hampshire, I was actually reading a book uh, called Haunted Portsmouth about New Hampshire. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was written by uh, this woman who's also written a couple other books. Uh, one of them is on haunted pubs and, and taverns. So we definitely have to have her on. Because it's right up our alley. Exactly. It gives us a, a reason to drink yeah. on the air. Hmm. So <laughs> that's what we were doing last week. I think that's why it didn't work out so well. Hopefully none of the... Uh Nobody from BSM is actually listening. I hope not, because we're gonna we're we'll gonna play some trouble. terrific EVPs tonight yes. that uh, might have some inappropriate language for children. Uh, so parents, you might want to listen and and say, uh, I don't know, what can you do if you're listening to the radio and somebody says something bad? You can say, Oh, you didn't hear that, <laughs> or turn it down like two seconds later, and it's too late already. It's not like TV where you can just flip the channel real quick. I don't know. We're gonna play some EVPs because if you've gotten the latest issue of SoCo Magazine, and hold on, I'm gonna go get it right now back already the latest issue of soco magazine a south coast monthly magazine which is you know free so it's everywhere so why not pick it up they have a great issue here for october they have uh, the occult and strange happenings in freetown state forest it is a a great article that is an interview with uh, alan alves who's been on spooky south coast before he runs south coast hypnosis and he's a former freetown police officer who worked uh, in some of the uh, cult cases out in the Freetown State Forest back in the late 70s, early 80s, Carl Drew in particular. And so he, he talks with the uh, writer of that story about what goes on in the Freetown State Forest even today. And then there's also a, an article that's, uh might be of interest to Spooky South Coast listeners. It's a, a Darkness That Illuminates Inside the Goth Culture by Alexandra DeMello. So that's a, a good article as well. And, of course, the piece de resistance, the Spooky South Coast piece is on page 46. And that is called, Do You Believe in Ghosts? You read about SoCo Magazine's night at a haunted house with the Spooky Crew and Wailing City Ghosts and author Jay Alexander, who is, who is there with us. Matt, why don't you tell everybody where it was that we investigated? We, we've had to sit on it for so long. We went to the Lizzie Borden house. Again? Again. And, uh, did but it was some, fun. Did some stuff happen there? Well, I didn't stick around. <laughs> As usual, <laughs> I had to leave early. Because, uh, as Monique says, you turn into a pumpkin at I midnight. Do. I do turn into a pumpkin. But we did capture some, some evidence, and we've talked about this for over a month now, and we've said we've got some great EVPs, we've got a great piece of video for people to look over and dissect. I mean, we're not coming at you and claiming that this is, you know, undeniable proof of the existence of the paranormal. This is something that we want you to take a look at, uh, decide for yourself, and see what it is that you get out of it. Um, the EVPs and the video footage are all posted up on the blog at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you go there right now, you can check it out. I think Matt's trying to go there right now. 
But we also will be playing the EVPs for you a little bit later on because uh, we actually have science advisor Matt Moniz on location at the Borden House. He is working with Haunted Times Magazine on their Ghost Hunters University, and he also has author Tom D'Agostino of Haunted Rhode Island and Haunted Massachusetts fame uh, over there as well. So uh, who knows what they've got going on? Probably some sort of investigation. Uh, I know Moniz has ridiculous. You like that, huh, Matt? Trial version? I'm sorry. I, I didn't buy a program. <laughs> to be able to, but it's, you still get the point. So, but uh, we will talk about all that and more a little bit later on. Uh, we're also going to talk about we were going to have a big episode, and, and the reason why we asked Penny to join us, we're going to have a big episode about the 25th anniversary of Poltergeist. Uh, the new DVD is coming out on October 9th, but before that, on October 4th, you can go see the film in theaters one last time for one night only at the cinema in Swansea. I don't, I don't know the name of it, and I probably can't plug it on the radio anyway. But there is a movie theater in Swansea where you can go see this. Uh, it's put together by a group that goes around and comes up with these special uh, in, in theater events. My son is three. He went to one for Thomas the Tank Engine at the same theater. And they just put, a, put together these little um, special showings. And it might be somebody that you want to hook up with, Penny, because, you know, all the horror movies that you guys show, maybe you guys could host some of these when they bring them around here. It sounds like it would be cool. And uh, I'm definitely going to try and sneak in because uh, I'm a huge fan of the film Poltergeist. But I, what do we – we talked about this, uh, I think, you know, the first time you were in, we talked about some of these horror movie curses, and that was one of them is the supposed Poltergeist curse. And, you know, here we are two years, almost two years after we've done that episode and we've, we've had a chance to go over it more. Do you think that there's a curse around that movie? It's amazing the uh, the number of strange things that have happened surrounding that film. That it's it's really hard to to say that uh, it's a coincidence because of the number of things that have actually taken place uh, during the course of the film. Uh, I believe it was four people that actually died shortly after the film was made. And uh, just the first one, or um, it was the first one, and I think the second one mm -hmm. too. Um, yeah, it was the first one and the second one. There were it was Dominique Dunn who was the the 22 year old girl in the first movie. She played the sister Dana, and she died after being choked to death by a jealous boyfriend, um, who was later convicted and sent to prison. And then, of course, the most famous death uh, from the film was Heather O'Rourke, the the young blonde girl who uh, uh, died. Uh, she had a septic shock. I guess she went into the hospital. It was sort of a very shocking thing in the middle of making Poltergeist 2, I believe. Uh, they had to use stand-ins for the rest of the film because she died during the making of the film. And then there was Julian Beck, who played Kane in Poltergeist 2, uh, and he died of stomach cancer um, after he had accepted the role uh, in the film. Shortly after that, he died. Mm -hmm. And then there was Will Sampson, who played Taylor the Medicine Man in Poltergeist 2, and he died of uh, kidney failure, post-operative kidney failure and malnutrition problems. And what I have heard regarding Poltergeist is that the curse stems supposedly from uh, a claim that was made that real human remains, real human skeletons were used as props mm -hmm. in the first film, causing uh, some uh, angry spirits of the deceased to, to wreak havoc. Yeah, the, the rumor is the scene in the swimming pool when when uh, the when the whole house starts to go haywire and Joe Beth Williams runs out into the yard and falls into the swimming pool and all these coffins are popping up that they did use real bones uh, for that scene. Uh, I can't remember if I read an interview with Joe Beth Williams and I can't remember if it was she's saying that they did or that they didn't. Um, but 
it's some of these deaths that surround the movie. I mean, obviously, Heather O'Rourke, strange situation. You know, not a very common disease, not not a common death. Uh, even in, you know, the advanced medical times of the early 80s, you know, people were still susceptible to falling victim to some of these diseases we don't really understand. But it seems like it was something that could have been preventable. Uh, and, of course, Dominique Dunn, that's just a strange situation. That, But people on the set, from what I understand, from what I've read, knew when they were filming the movie that this boyfriend was a no-good character and that, you know, she was entering into some trouble. Uh, her father is actually a, a famous novelist, Dominic Dunn, and he's talked about it numerous times about how, you know, she was in one of those relationships that we, we hear about and we see people in that we love, and, you know, you can just tell that it's going in a bad direction. Uh, Julian Beck was actually sick before he accepted the role, and Will Sampson had had health problems beforehand, too. So it just, you see the way some of the stuff is kind of, forced into this true, idea. True. Right. Especially right. where Poltergeist came in the years following The Exorcist and The Omen, mm. movies that already had curses around them, right. supposedly. Well, The Omen curse, is, is, there was a whole bunch of stuff associated with that. That's a pretty famous one, too. I'd say I probably Poltergeist and The Omen and The Exorcist are probably the three that are... And Rosemary's Baby, even, too, had, had sort of... I think that Poltergeist, though, is the one that stands out in most people's minds, A, because it's the most recent one mm. to a lot, of, a lot of the young people that are talking about it today, and um, also, there's first of all, there's three movies, so right. I mean that helps that it keeps it going on. Mm. But uh, also, you know, it's also one of the most accessible films to a lot. Because I know when I was younger, I wasn't allowed to watch movies like The Exorcist or The Omen. But when I was about you know seven, eight, nine, ten, I can remember watching Poltergeist because right. you watch it edited for television. They cut out a lot of the the stuff that you really shouldn't see. But mm. I don't know. I still can't really look at clowns the same way. Right. Yes. And actually, that was even supposedly part of the curses that. Uh, Robbie Freeling was was choked. The little boy was choked by a clown during the movie, and then mm -hmm. something bad, something wrong went happened, and he the clown was really choking him in the movie. It actually went mm -hmm. to, and it was actually Steven Spielberg, the executive producer, that had to come and pull it off. Right, him. right. Now I actually contacted a production company that works with uh, Oliver Robbins to ask if he wanted to come on Spooky South Coast and mm -hmm. confirm or deny the existence of this curse and and talk about his memories from Poltergeist. And I was told that he no longer. Uh, does interviews regarding Poltergeist. Oh, really? Yes. Mm -hmm. So take take that what you will, but uh, he has not fallen victim to the curse. Uh, he is a very successful film director and writer out in Hollywood today, so we wish him well, even though uh, he didn't want to talk about this. Uh, but, you know, Craig T. Nelson will still sit down for interviews. Joe Beth Williams, naturally, it's going to come up whenever they're promoting something else, and especially now with the 25th anniversary, uh, there will be a documentary. Okay. <laughs> There will be a documentary uh, airing with the film on Thursday night, uh, which features Hans Holzer and uh, another another investigator. I can't remember which one it is. Um, Colin Wilson uh, also will share his insights into not only the film, but Poltergeist case in general. And so that's going to be entertaining and enlightening for people that aren't really familiar with the background of what Poltergeists are. But here at Spooky South Coast, and talking about this with different paranormal investigators, the idea of poltergeists are, are definitely out there, but they can easily be related to other situations. And when you look at how finely crafted that film was within that idea, you know, the, the idea that these cases center around prepubescent girls, and that's certainly the case in, in Poltergeist, uh, whether or not it was their intention or not. Uh, and the fact that you can't be sure if it's actual paranormal activity or something that the girl's causing themselves. 
And that's kind of almost addressed in the first film as well. And it's kind of hinted at in the third film uh, with the, the aunt and uncle character. And the aunt is convinced that it's actually Carol Ann that's doing all of this and that they're just falling for it. So, I mean, some of that stuff was brought into it. And I think that's kind of what keeps people going back to it. When you look at it now, the effects were good. They weren't great. They were definitely the best that we'd ever seen at the time. But a lot of the chills in the movie, a lot of the shock and... You know, like the, the cameraman that, that's pulling his face off in the mirror. It's, it's that kind of stuff that sticks with us, but it's also that kind of stuff that's the, the blood and gore that was so popular. It's the more chilling haunts, the, the idea that something is targeting this young girl, and then you find out in the sequels exactly why, and it starts to come together, and that's what makes it really scary to me. I mean, I don't know. When you were watching it as, as a young witch, I don't know what it was that... that grabbed your attention about it or or did you just shove it off in the because i know that you're not a fan of the the gore genre as much as you are the 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 chills and thrills that come on a more dramatic and and subtle level i, I mean i like poltergeist a lot it was it was a fun movie to watch i've watched that uh years ago and i've i've always enjoyed it um i found that the scariest thing about the movie was definitely the i don't know i really the swimming pool scene is really I found chilling. I really that that really freaked me out. I mean, it's, and I love it. You know, it but was the, very, that was done in like a classic horror style. Oh yeah, too. definitely, definitely. It's, it was a it was a cool movie, and uh, I, I'd love to host it sometime. It's not a not available for me at the moment, but I, I'd love to to get my claws on that sometime. Well, hopefully, if if Shilling Shockers can make a leap and you know get on a commercial station, hint hint, everybody out there listening, we know that there's <laughs> some people from uh, network television listening. Uh, you know, then you'll have the chance to bring some of these movies that, you know, they're not appreciated for. I mean, when people watch Poltergeist, they, they'll they be flicking through the channels and it'll come on and they'll say, I forgot what a great movie this is. And they'll start to put it in that same class as The Exorcist and, and of the more modern stuff, The Others, you know, films that you don't have to show somebody hacking somebody up with a hatchet to get the scarecrow. I mean, we like those movies too, but we don't watch those movies to be scared. Right. We watch them kind of laugh and to say, hey, that looks really fake. <laughs> Why don't we take this call and see if they they want to talk about Poltergeist. I'm sorry, you were saying? Well, oh, no, that's fine. Good evening. You were on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Hello? Uh, okay. Well, they can try again. It's the Poltergeist calling us. Well, I mean, we were talking they and they were waiting out, in line. Right. So people are only so patient. But, I mean, I'm, I'm glad they're bringing it back. I'm glad there's going to be a 25th anniversary edition. I don't know if they're going to be messing with it at all because, you know, they're saying this is your last chance to see it in the theater, and I don't know if they're going to pull a George Lucas on us and, you know, the next thing you know, uh, the clown won't look as fake or, the, you know, Robbie's braces won't look as cartoony. or you know, That was in two. But still, you know what I mean. Like, they're going to start to make some little adjustments to it to make it look better. Um, if that's what they're doing, uh, you know, I, I hope that they keep the original out there. I have the original on DVD. Right. I, they did a great thing. I don't know if uh, you own the DVDs, Matt, at all. Uh, just the first one. Well, did, did you buy two and three on DVD? No, no. Unfortunately, I don't. I they don't packaged them together. Oh, did which they? was a great idea because ah. otherwise nobody would have bought Poltergeist three. Right. And <laughs> they packaged them together, and you can buy them both for like seven ninety nine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great deal, and it's worth it to have that trilogy in your collection if you are a horror fan. So, I don't know, maybe you out there have a memory of Poltergeist that you want to share with us. You can give us a call, 508-996-0500, 508 
We are going to take a break right now, and then when we come back, we'll talk some more about this, as well as we'll find out what's coming up on Shilling Shockers. What's the latest news there? And we'll also talk about another horror host who's not with us tonight in person, but he is in spirit. Uh, that would be the ghoul who lords over everything. He's uh, <laughs> well, well, if you don't know who the ghoul is, we'll, we'll explain why he lords over everything. And uh, we will talk uh, about Lizzie Borden a little bit later on. We'll check in with Matt Moniz at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. So stay tuned for more here on Spooky South Coast. Don't look now, but Spooky South Coast is creeping up behind you right after this. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with Matt Costa and our special guest hostess for tonight, Penny Dreadful. And we are talking about we were talking about Poltergeist, and we will continue to if that's where you'd like to go. We'll take your calls, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. You know, what horror movies is it that get to you? What movies is it that no matter how many times you see it, it still invokes the same scared sensations that it did the first time you saw it? I know every time I watch The Exorcist, I can't go to sleep for a while. And no matter how many documentaries I watch, how many books I read about it, uh, no matter how fake that I know that it is, I can't really get over, you know, what it is that I'm watching. But... There's you know lots of films that do that to lots of people, so call in and share with us uh, what films do that with you. Also, if you have anything you'd like to plug for the Halloween season, uh, a haunted house that's uh, raising money for charity or um, you know even something like a spooky world or, or a rock and shock convention, we're going to be talking to the people that are putting all these events together over the next couple of weeks. Of course, we'll be shifted around because of the baseball playoffs because you know the Red Sox are the AL East champions. So they're in the playoffs, and WBSM has all your baseball playoff action. Uh, so if you want to hear those games, you can just keep tuning in here. And if you want to hear Spooky South Coast, you'll have to go to our website, SpookySouthCoast.com, or go to our MySpace, MySpace.com slash SpookySouthCoast, to stay in touch with updates as to when we're going to be on the air. But you can, if you want to share with us your Halloween happenings, just drop us a line. You can email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. You can also go to our MySpace as well and leave us messages there. And another great way to get a hold of us is the Howler line, right, Matt? Exactly. You want to do the Howl since? Uh, I don't know. Moni- Moni's is so here. good at it. I don't know if I can live up to it. That's true. He uh, well, if Guru was if here, Guru he could. Do he, it. If he were here, I'm sure. I'm sure he could do it. But what we'll do is we'll just uh, take it. Oh, old... there you go. That How's that? That was, that, that, was, that was lame, but that's all right. <laughs> well, the, the Howler line is 508-471-I-HOWL or 508-471-4469. You can leave us a message there, and uh, we will li- take your listing of your Halloween happening, and we will let everybody know about it here on Spooky South Coast. What do you think, Matt? Do you want to get out there and participate in some of these Halloween things this year? Oh, definitely. I love Halloween. Last year we had a great discussion with... Uh, the people from, uh, was it, now I forget. Last year? Yeah. Rocket Shock? No, who had who had us go and do a presentation? Freetown Stage for us? The, the, well, the Freetown oh, Historical the, Society. The, uh, but the uh-huh one we didn't do better. Aha! Yes. Aha! Aha! That's it, aha. The Aha people uh, had us uh, host a paranormal uh, little get-together. And, we're, of course, we're willing to do that. If anybody would like to hire out our services, we work real cheap uh, 
you know, like, like Monies was here, he'd say we work for food. Yeah, well, we work so. for less than that. We also work for free. If people want us to come out and spread the word of the paranormal, we're happy to do that. And we're working on some things ourselves as well. You never know if the spooky crew is going to come knocking on your door for Halloween trick-or-treat. No, it just makes us feel good to get out there. It does. It stroke, makes, stroke our own egos. Well, and to help spread the paranormal to, that too. to people that yeah. don't really pay attention to it. Everybody's had experiences. They're just not all willing to talk about it. Yep. That's the way that we look at things. So uh, speaking of uh, things that are coming up for Halloween, Penny, what about shilling shockers? What's going on with Penny Dreadful shilling shockers? Oh, we have all kinds of exciting things happening. We have uh, coming up, we have, well, actually, we just released our uh, fifth, fourth season, and uh, we have seven new episodes in rotation. I finally figured out the spell to do color episodes. Wow. This is amazing. I just, I, I did not realize that, that this could take place. And this is modern technology. It really, it really, really amazes me. So we have some new color episodes. We're showing movies like A Bucket of Blood and uh, The Seventh Seal and uh, oh, wonderful. Yes, One of Black Sabbath with Boris Karloff. Really fun films that we're showing. We visit uh, Lincoln Park, uh, the ruins of Lincoln Park. And uh, we went to Rocky Point right before they tore it down. We got some, some cool pictures there. And uh, doing the new, we did the new episodes. Those are out, and we have a spooky, uh, spooky world coming up uh, up in Boston. The legendary haunted attraction uh, from uh, all of New England. Is a, do you remember the commercial Spooky World? I, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't, that, was, that was pretty bad, but I don't remember the commercial. How exactly how it goes? But we're going to be up there uh, as guests, doing all the wacky stuff with the with the DVDs and and, and that stuff. And I think Marsha Brady is going to be up there with us. Really? That's really scary. I don't know how, what Ma- Ma- Maureen McCormick. Yes, she's she's going to be up there. And Leatherface, one of the guys who played Leatherface, uh, Gun- not Gunnar Hansen. I forgot. I forgot which one. A couple of uh, Mankind from from wrestling. Oh, is Mick going Foley. To be, okay. Yeah, Mick Foley. So it's it's, it's, it's fun. It's going to be a fun time up at Spooky World this year. And uh, we're of course we're going to have them on the show to promote it this year, and we're hopefully going to get up there. Uh, last year we didn't get in touch with them just in time but hopefully uh, we can pull it off this year because you know we want to go out and meet all these people too i mean we're fans of of yours and of all these people that you're talking about but uh, at the same time you know we want to be able to represent for all the people that listen to spooky south coast that might not get a chance to go because you know people listen to this show from all over the place and and hopefully we can bring back just a touch of what spooky world is to them it's gone through so many incantations though Uh, it went from being out in the woods to now it's inside uh, the convention center I mean, I'm sure you've been going for for many years. You're you're what, like 800, 900 years old. Se- Seven hundred. Seven hundred. Yeah. But that's all right. I'm sorry. I'm but sorry. but I, but yeah. And well, you know, it starts to sort of blend together after a while. You know, you lose track. The Highlander once told me that too. But so you've been going there for a long time. I mean, how much has it changed from when you would go into the woods to to Gillette Stadium to to the way they have it now? Well, I, I haven't been a long time, uh, and it's it's now like you said, it's indoors. But it's a really it's really cool. They they build sort of all the sets inside. And they have each haunt inside the the stadium, and they have food vendors and uh, you know, Halloween candy that they're giving out to people and whatnot. And uh, it sounds like it's it sounds really cool. I've heard from a, a lot of people who sort of went from the old spooky world working there as uh, sort of actors walking around and they're at the new spooky world now and they, they sort of moved over to the new spooky world and they all enjoy it they're all the people i've talked to seem to really like well, it and i said to the organizers last year i said gee isn't it kind of you know a downer to have to go from being outside and really get that october feel to everything to having to go inside and all the best thing about going inside is there's no weather permitting right. everything is can go off and and 
you know, people don't have to make plans based on the weather. And also, it gives them the opportunity to be an alternative to, like, you know, a trick-or-treat if it's raining or anything. People can go down and check out this place. So it, it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be a spectacular time. Right. And the fellow who runs it, John Denley, is uh, he's sort of been in the haunt industry for a long time. He does the, the Salem stuff. He has some stuff up in Salem that's going on. And, and he worked hard to resurrect Spooky World because it was dead and gone. And they really fought to bring it back uh, two years ago, and, and from all accounts, they've succeeded. Yes. Now, what about Rock and Shock or any of these other events? Do you have any plans? Because I know that you must be busy. You're up and down the seacoast. Uh, you were in New York earlier today for yes, something? Yes, yes. Uh, last night, uh, the Coney Island Film Festival had a screening of American Scary, which is a documentary about horror hosts. And uh, I appear in it uh, briefly. I, we, they managed to get some footage in in post-production uh, after they had completed the film. So I went down there for, for a Q&A, and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. We, uh, it was a, it's a great movie. I highly recommend it. Um, and we have the weekend of Rock and Shock, actually. We're going to be at, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to make Rock and Shock this year. We're going to be at Monster Fest in Virginia. They invited us down uh, a while back, and we had committed to go down there. And that's a classic monster convention. We had a, a great time down there last year. And we're going to be going down there again. It's a celebration of classic horror films and horror literature, and a lot of kids go to it, and they they always get a kick out of out of Guru and and whatnot. <laughs> I think last year the Guru they were, they were chasing Guru around the room because of course he's he's more scared of of the children than they are of him. So uh, come so, pet the werewolf. Yes, right. So um, yeah, we had a, we had a really good time. We're going to be down at Monster Fest again this year. But I would like to do Rock and Chalk at some point in the future. It sounds like it would be fun. I actually uh, I tried to make a reservation, uh, like I was telling Matt earlier, I had to stay in New Hampshire, and I, I, I was trying to make the reservation a couple of weeks ago, and they asked me for the name. And, you know, my name, is, it's, it's kind of hard to spell sometimes, so I'll come up with different names to be funny. And I actually told one person my name was Larry Talbot. Oh, the which, Wolfman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it just popped into my head, but it did. Ah, see, that, that when the moon first. is full, we don't see Tim. Where does he go? <laughs> I hide behind the tree and go through a 30-second transformation See, you process. should have done the howl then earlier. No, I'm not very good at it at all. <laughs> the, uh, my one attempt at being a wolfman for Halloween 2 just ended up as a pile of fake hair in the bathroom sink <laughs> and, and spirit gum stuck all over well, the house. Well, you know, you should, you should see the shower after Guru's done. It's, oh, it's scary. Imagine. It really is. But I want I to think imagine. about it. Well, why don't we take our final break of this hour, and then when we come back, we can do the weekend weird. We'll do, we'll do the weekend weird early, Matt. What do you think? Sounds good. Because we have a lot of uh, EVPs to play. We have the whole Lizzie Borden investigation to talk about. I hope that the founder of Whaling City Ghosts is listening to the show right now and can give us a call uh, in the second hour to talk about the Lizzie Borden investigation because she was there, uh, Luann Jolie as well as Gabrielle Lawson were there, and uh, we'll get into all of that coming up in the second hour. But for now, we'll take a break. When we come back, Week and Weird, a little bit early here on Spooky South Coast. Stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mortal can resist the evil of the foreigner. All right. Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Michael Jackson said, hey, what are you guys doing? I didn't give you the right to play that. Oh, Michael. 
We love you. We don't care that you're weird. We like things that are weird. Look look at Matt. I just say the word weird and he knows where I'm going with it. He's like, ah, I better hurry up. Well, before before we get into the Week in Weird, uh, Penny Dreadful brought some Poltergeist trivia along with her. So why don't we uh, throw out a question based on Poltergeist, see if we can give away a spooky South Coast bumper sticker, Matt. What do you think? Sounds good. I heard that uh, I heard that there's a new batch of spooky South Coast bumper stickers coming up. Is that true? There is. Are, are they a lot gonna, of them. <laughs> we're going to start just throwing them all around the South Coast for yeah. people to... And if anybody wants to write to us and say, hey, send me a bumper sticker, we'll do that, right? Yeah, of course. I'd like one for my broom, please. You can have two. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> one one for each side. So uh, we do have some, some interesting Poltergeist trivia that she brought in for us. So here's here's a question. Uh, let's see. If, if you can tell us what actress was originally considered for the part of Carol Ann... Uh, we'll give you a spooky South Coast bumper sticker. Just call us 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500, and tell us which actress was originally considered for the role of Carol Ann. Phone lines are lighting up. But come into the light, Carol Ann. You, you can call us during the news break with your answer, and uh, we'll give away a bumper sticker. But right now, it is time to do something that we like to call The Week in Weird. More bad news. Well, I got a great joke for you today with some wonderful, weird stuff. I feel, I feel so very weird. The Week in Weird. And our first story isn't really a, a Week in Weird story per se, as much as it is a, an interesting article... Uh, from hauntedamericatours.com, they released their list of America's top ten ghost hunters. Now we could do a whole episode on this, where, on this list, where we could debate and go back and forth about some of the investigators on this list, because you know a lot of them are centered around controversy. Because as anybody knows in the paranormal field, once you start to gain notoriety, then there's a whole bunch of people that are jealous, and they just start disparaging you. So we're just going to put this list out there. I'm just going to read this list of people. With the idea of saying, you know, here's who are on the list from HauntedAmericaTours.com, which a lot of these investigators put together ghost tours that HauntedAmericaTours.com promotes. I just want to get that out there. But this is who they suggest as the top ten ghost hunters in America. You can go on the message board at SpookySouthCoast.com and debate these back and forth if you want. But please don't call us and start trashing somebody or, or promoting somebody over another. I'm just telling you the list as written by HauntedAmericaTours.com. Number one on the list, of course, are Ed and Lorraine Warren. Before Ed passed away in 2006, the Warrens headed up New England Society for Psychic Research and were two of only a handful that were allowed into the Amityville Horror Home. And, of course, uh, they've had two movies made about their investigations, other investigations, The Haunted and The Demon Murder Case. They've published nine books and lectured extensively. Uh, and even Lorraine Warren is still out there lecturing. She'll be at Unicon in October. Uh, so you can stay tuned to Spooky South Coast for more information about that. Also on the list, Mark Nesbitt. Mark Nesbitt, I'm sorry, the author of the Ghosts of Gettysburg series. Uh, he is one of the foremost uh, investigators of the Gettysburg area, and uh, he's also been involved in different television documentaries as well. John Zaffis, everybody knows John Zaffis. He's been on Spooky South Coast many times. The nephew of Ed and Lorraine Warren. 
He is also the founder of the Paranormal and Demonology Research Society of New England, and he also has the John Zaffis Paranormal Museum, uh, as well as he is now an author with uh, a couple of books in the works coming out soon. Uh, Dale David Kazmarek, founder of Ghost Research Society. Patty Starr, the certified ghost hunter uh, who teaches classes at Bluegrass Community and Technical College in Lexington, Kentucky, and works with uh, our friend Chip Coffey. Also, Keith Age, the rock and roll ghost hunter who founded the Louisville Ghost Hunter Society and uh, was part of Sci-Fi Channel's documentary Spook, The Ghost of Waverly Hills. Uh, Stacy Allen McGee of uh, the Appalachian Ghost Walks and the founder of Alternate Reality Center. Uh, Vince Wilson, the co-founder of the Baltimore Society for Paranormal Research, a published author and tour guide for the Mysterious Maryland Tour Company. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, another frequent guest here on Spooky South Coast. She has a Ph.D., from the International Institute of Integral Human Sciences in Montreal and formed Visionary Living, which uh, helps promote her many books, uh, over 30 books that she's written, and, and we've talked about him here. And Larry Montz, founder of the International Society for Paranormal Research, uh, who is also once a former personal bodyguard for Hugh Hefner, which he makes a top ten list in my book for that. Because if you're a top ten, if you're, if you're a bodyguard for Hugh Hefner, you got to be a bodyguard for Hugh Hefner's entourage as well. Exactly. So there you go. You take a bullet for those bunnies. <laughs> so that is our that is the list from hauntedamericatours.com. So go on the message board, debate them as you must. Uh, you know, personally, I, I would vouch for just about everybody on this list, but uh, we'll leave that up to the listeners to debate. That caller can stay on the line. We'll take your call in a minute. Penny, you have a story for us. That's right. This comes from Concord, New Hampshire. A judge has ordered a man to lay an unusual family heirloom to rest. A mummified baby has been passed down for generations. Authorities seized the mummy last year when the man's niece mentioned it to the staff of the daycare center. State tests showed the mummy had died; uh, the baby had died of natural causes, but they didn't establish a family relationship. Now, the state won't release the remains to the Charles Peavy family without proof of kinship, and Peavy says he can't afford DNA testing. Prosecutors raised concerns about the family's treatment of the mummy if it was returned. The mummy, known as Baby John, had been on display on a bureau in the Peavy's home. Relatives and friends treated the mummy as a family member, giving cards during holidays and even a dried fish as a pet. Peavy said his family believes the mummy was the child of a great uncle. I've never treated him like a joke. No weirdness was going on, Peavy said. Probate judge Richard Hampy said without kinship proven, the baby must be buried. Peavy said the family was disappointed but won't appeal. It's one of the few things from our family's past that we have left, Peavy had written in a petition to the court. And when I pass on, I was looking forward to passing, passing it on to another family member to keep some of the history for future family members. Well, if it's anything that ambush bug has taught me, <laughs> it's, that, it's that dead baby jokes always sell. But I don't really have anything to say about that. I drove through Concord, New Hampshire this weekend, today. And uh, I thought about, you know, stopping and seeing if I could find out more about what happened. But, you know, it was just like, you know, I think I'm all set with that. But uh, that story came from Little Deb CC on the message board. And she has won herself a fabulous Spooky South Coast bumper sticker, as you can every time you put a story on the Week and Weird thread on the message board. Matt, I'll give you a bumper sticker if you can read to me a Week and Weird story. <laughs> you spoil me. <laughs> well, we got so many of them now. We're just tossing these things uh, around. All right. Ambush bug, huh? All right. Ambush bug. <laughs> Dead. Cheeks, the bo- Cheeks the toy wonder. 
Scottish doctors have diagnosed what may be the longest hangover in the history of binge drinking. A 37-year-old man admitted himself to a hospital emergency room in Glasgow complaining of wavy vision and a non-stop headache for four weeks. What did he do, download some of our podcasts? <laughs> British Medical Journal The Lancet reports doctors were initially stumped by the symptoms because the patient had no history of head injury or loss of consciousness and was taking no medication. But when an eye specialist was called in, it was found, it was found that the man had developed a rare condition called severe dehydration. dehydration. It was revealed he consumed 90 pints or 7.5 gallons of beer over a four-day period following a domestic crisis. After more than six months of long-term blood thinning treatment, the man's vision was restored and the headache was finally gone. And thus ends How I Spent My Summer Vacation by Matt Costa. (laughs) What do you think of that? Four days? Or an open bar at a wedding. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Between the rehearsal dinner and the open bar, that could have been me. What do you what do you think of that, Matt? I know that uh, you're you're a big you're a big binge drinking fan, aren't you? I think yeah. Well, <laughs> we shouldn't make fun of drinking, but I've been known to binge once in a while. Yes, especially. But never for four days, uh, seventy. Not four days. Seven straight. and a half gallons of beer. Maybe three and a half. Three and a half. But you have like one of those uh, Poland Springs things in your house that just shoots out beer. I do. Awesome. All right, well, that is the Week and Weird for this week. Remember, if you do want to submit a story, go to SpookySouthCoast.com, click on the message board, go to the Week and Weird thread, and drop the story in there, either a link or the text of the story, and uh, we will give you a Spooky South Coast bumper sticker if we read it on the air. So why don't we uh, take this call here that's been anxiously awaiting, hopefully still on the line. Good evening, you're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Hey, Tim. Hey, how are you? How's it going? All right. Matt, Penny. Hello. Yeah, so I got a, a, it's kind of a guess on the 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 trivia, the Poltergeist trivia. Okay. And I'm thinking it's a Steven Spielberg uh, film. Yes. You know, same time period, right around ET, the yes. extraterrestrial. And I was thinking maybe he'd use one of his favorite little girl actors or actresses. And I was thinking maybe. Uh, Drew Barrymore. Hey, you you win. You win a spooky South Coast bumper sticker. I won? You did. Word. <laughs> do, you, uh, do, you, do you want us to have you pick it up here at the studio, or do you want us to hand deliver it to you? You, you can hand deliver it to me. All right, Pretty well, excited. Let's, see what, let's see if you can guess some of the other Poltergeist trivia here that, that, that she brought in for us. Let's see. Poltergeist and E.T. were released how far apart? You can only win one bumper sticker here, so... got to crunch the numbers here. I'm crunching the numbers here. I'm going to say 18 months. It was actually one week apart in June of 1982. Really? E.T. was Steven Spielberg's vision of a suburban dream, while Poltergeist was his suburban nightmare. What, what, isn't that like he's competing with himself? Like, you know, if you when you're Steven Spielberg in 1982, <laughs> you, can't compete. you can't compete with yourself. The only person that can take you down is Atari. <laughs> All right, how many how many Academy Awards was Poltergeist nominated for? Two. Close. It was nominated for three. Best Sound Effects Editing, Best Visual Effects, and Best Music. That creepy song. And you know, when we started doing this show, I wanted to make a Poltergeist bumper with that creepy la la la. And every time I would try to download it, uh, 
legally, of course. Of course. I would run into some sort of problem where the audio wouldn't uh, work or I wouldn't be able to record it. So. I, I liked your version just now, though. That, no, that's that not very, very good at all. <laughs> that's scary, but not, not in the way that we want it to be. Uh, and let's see. The weird way the family members descend the stairs at the beginning of the film was created by having the actors walk backward up the stairs and playing the film in reverse. The same effect was used later in the movie during the scene showing video playback of the ghosts. Well, I'm not even sure I remember. I'm going to look for that Thursday night. I don't even think I picked up on that before. And uh, in 2001, an American Film Institute survey of 1,500 leading figures in the film community named Poltergeist as what number on the list of the 100 most thrilling American movies? Number six. Surprisingly, no, number 84. <laughs> I <laughs> that, was, that was like in stereo. I'm very surprised by that number. Eighty-four out of a hundred. I would put it That's like you can name eighty-four movies that are more thrilling. You can or you can't. I can't. No, I can't either. I I would put it like in the top five, or at least six, as you, as you said. Yeah, I put it in the top six. I mean five. Wow. Jeez. I mean, I'll be mad if I look and they have like all of the. Uh, they have Saturday the 14th on there. I'm going to be upset. Popeye the movie. <laughs> that, that is pretty scary. Now, uh, do you have any Poltergeist memories, Caller? Mm, I remember when I rented it from Video Junction, I returned it late. <laughs> was it because you were so you scared? You, scary. Could, you were so scared you couldn't bring yourself to bring it back? You were scared I, couldn't late bring, I couldn't bring myself to, to pay the bill either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Video it's Junction was a scary place. I remember it well. It's a yeah. good thing they went out of business, sorry. Yep. They went out of business <laughs> because... Them was <laughs> people returned movies way too late was the problem. Well, I'll, I'll share a Poltergeist memory with you, if, if you don't mind. Go for it. Okay. I remember when I was younger, I was never allowed to watch the scene that we talked about earlier where where the cameraman pulls his face off in front of the mirror. I was always, you know, if I was going to watch it, my parents would fast-forward that part and wouldn't let me see what actually happened. And they were convinced that I would be scared to death by it and that I shouldn't see it. And so when I finally did watch it, I was like, that's what you had me not watch that I was so afraid of? It's a wooden dummy with a guy's hands coming around the other side, pulling stuff off the wooden dummy's face. That's just my little poltergeist story. Is Caller's enthralled by it. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for calling up and for winning a bumper sticker. I'm so excited. We have so many, we might even give you two. <laughs> awesome. All right, thank you. Take care. See you later. Bye. Bye. I have no idea who that guy was, just so everybody knows. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know, would you, Matt? I think his name's Theodore. Theodore. Or Ted, as I like to call him. All right, well, that uh, wraps up the first hour of Spooky South Coast. When we come back in the second hour, we'll get a little more serious. We'll talk about our investigation of the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast from Haunted Times, Haunted Times, SoCo Magazine that is out on the newsstands now. Head out and get it while you can. Uh, we, we've got some copies down here in the plaza where WBSM is. If you go to the, the liquor store down the street, they always have plenty. Uh, all the supermarkets around here carry it. Uh, there's a, a diner in Wareham that has some copies out in front. I mean, it, this, this magazine's everywhere. So you should be able to get a hold of it and read the article written by Jay Alexander about the investigation. And you can go on to the blog at SpookySouthCoast.com and check out the actual evidence from the investigation. We have four EVPs, which we will play for you in the next hour. And there's also a piece of video footage. And we'll debate that back and forth. We're going to get science advisor Matt Moniz on the phone, 
who is actually at the Lizzie Boyd in Bed and Breakfast right now with Haunted Times Magazine, working on one of their Ghost Hunter Universities, as well as author Tom D'Agostino. And Matt, I'm going to have you debate back and forth the merits of that video with Matt Moniz, because you are not convinced that there is something paranormal going on there. I'll try. You'll try to be convinced or you'll try to to debate? I'll try to debate. Yeah, what you're saying is you can't really change his mind? Are you calling the science advisor stubborn? No. No. He's, well, he's a good guy. When he believes, though, he believes. He does. He's convicted in his belief, and it's 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 a very uh, interesting piece of footage, and we recommend that everybody goes and checks it out. But we will talk about it more here in the second hour, uh, and we'll take all your calls about the haunts at the Lizzie Boyd and Bed and Breakfast as well at 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. And, of course, you can catch us anytime online, SpookySouthCoast.com. MySpace.com slash Spooky South Coast. And uh, we will be back in just a few. Lost civilizations, extraterrestrials, myths and monsters, missing persons magic and witchcraft unexplained phenomena for 58 years fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown fate is a factual magazine containing articles by experts in all walks of life and by others just like you who have had something dynamic significant and truthful to say keep up with the latest on all aspects of the paranormal angels and miracles psychic phenomena ghosts ufos and much much more To subscribe, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730 or www.fatemag.com. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Where can you go to find hot homemade knitted items? How about Knitbits at knitbits.etsy.com. A new baby in your life? Need a homemade knitted item for a shower gift? The Knitbits has you covered. Sweaters, bibs, booties, blankets, they've got it all. Want to be up on the latest trends? How about some of those funky, cozy socks everybody's wearing? Or knitted handbags and cell phone holders? If they don't have it at Knitbits, or if you want it in a different color, email them and they'll take care of you. That's knitbits.etsy.com. K-N-I-T-B-I-T-S. Dot E-T-S-Y dot com. Nitbits for all your homemade needs. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and Penny Dreadful. She is co-hosting with us tonight because science advisor Matt Moniz is on assignment at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast with Honda Times Magazine and author Tom D'Agostino. They are conducting uh, the Ghost Hunter University there, which they do a couple times a year. Uh, there's also some uh, a whole slew of other events being planned at the Borden House uh, for paranormal investigators, they are now offering 
reduced rates for investigation teams to come in and investigate. And we're putting together our paranormal investigator nights where, you know, three or four teams can all come together on the same night and split the cost of the house. And the prices are ridiculously low if you can do that. And of course they have to charge money because it costs them money to open up the house and turn the heat of the air conditioning on. And, you know, they have to pay taxes and everything every time somebody goes in the house. And so they need to make sure that they can cover their costs. And that's why we have to charge something for these investigator nights. But we're going to keep the cost low so that people can get in, work together and come up with some evidence, hopefully. And uh, we also have evidence of our own that we've put together uh, through our investigations there. We will share with you tonight. If you get the latest issue of SoCo Magazine, you can read about that investigation. Uh, but we have the EVPs and the video posted up at SpookySouthCoast.com right on the blog. And, and we'll debate a lot of that back and forth. Let's check in with Matt Moniz right now at the Borden House and see what's going on. Are you with us, Matt? Yes, sir, I am. How are you tonight? Uh, very busy. Lots of people in the house, lots of uh, activity going on in terms of people investigating upstairs, downstairs, and everywhere. Uh, Chris is doing numerous sessions with the Frank Spock. Uh, 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 Sorry, the telephone to the dead. <laughs> Copyrights, all, right reser- all rights reserved. Yes. Um, it, he's doing it in almost every room of the house tonight, going up wow. and down from top stairs. Top floor and third floor rooms, all the way into the basement. And and what's uh, what is the situation tonight? I know a lot of times when he turns the the telephone on, he's going to get a lot of people's loved ones coming through. Sometimes he gets the Bordens coming through. Is there there seem to be uh, predominant spirits coming through tonight? Uh, predominantly is the uh, Bordens. I've been uh, working with Tom Diagosino. Him and I have been going around doing our own little investigations of the house. Here and there, so I haven't had a chance to really sit down with Chris and the box itself, the telephone itself. So now, is this Tom's first visit to the house? No, uh, Tom's been here before. Uh, actually, he was here just when uh, Leanne Wilbur, the current owner, uh, was closing on it. So uh, this is his first time being in here un- under the management it's currently in. And so now we've documented in the past a lot of the. Things that have happened to us there, the the legs lifting on the bed, and you know the inaudible, the, the audible uh, noise that we heard uh, when we were there before, uh, and of course, you know, many people have captured EVPs there. But I think the last time that we were there, when we were doing the Soko Magazine story, uh, we captured that piece of video evidence that uh, you are very uh, intent on proving to people that it, it it can't be anything but the paranormal. Um, uh, it's looking that way. I've spent the past, you know, couple hours here trying to debunk the footage I got for myself. So, um, we took the same exact camera, the cords and everything, put everything exactly the way it was, is captured in the video. And we tried and tried and tried and tried to get it to, you know, recreate the movements. And, uh, the way the cord was set, when we set it up, if you're if it was somebody messing with a cord by accident or even on purpose, the camera would turn in the opposite direction that it does in our footage. There is no ifs, no ands, no buts about it. That's the only way it would turn. 
Well, let's let's just give everybody a quick setup of, of how the video works. And if you go to the blog at SpookySouthCoast.com, you can see the video. Um, but let's just give you a little bit of a setup of, of how it was filmed. It's in, on the third floor in the Hosea Knowlton room, or the chimney room as it's commonly referred to, uh, which is where we first discovered the uh, phenomena of the legs being lifted up off the bed when asked. Uh, and uh, also the audible vocalizations that's heard from, the, from inside the room. Well, when, when we were in there doing the, the leg lifting, we had heard uh, some sort of growl that was audible that didn't show up on tape. Right. That was the time before that that we were there. Uh, and then this time you decided, because of that, you wanted to set up your video and audio set up uh, in that room to try to document anything that might be going on. And I remember when we were downstairs with the with the writer uh, in, the, in the murder room, which uh, we can share about what was going on in that a little bit later, but... While we were down there, you were just staring at the video, getting a lot of dust orbs, you know, yeah. just just general, you know, atmospheric stuff that you would expect to get. And it wasn't until everybody came upstairs uh, that things started to, to build up. But also, at the same time, people were starting to talk about the former caretaker that supposedly haunts that room, in addition to the children from next door. And that may have got it worked up. But why don't you walk everybody through the actual setup of what you had set up and how it was set up. Okay, in the uh, known room, in the corner, is a small chest, uh, an average steamer type of trunk that uh, most people would have as an antique from their grandmothers or what have you, in the corner of the room. Now, the this particular room has a sloped ceiling, and it, it, the ceiling tapers down to just about the height of this particular trunk or case. And um, I decided to set my little night vision camera up on the corner of that particular um, case and train it towards the bed where people, you know, would have their legs lifted, and that's where we would notice a lot of the auditory uh, events happening, as you would agree, that it sounded like it came from the bed area. Mm-hmm. And so that's the direction I trained the camera in. Now, I, I took, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I took the wires and I carefully made sure that they were tucked up against the wall uh, and out of the way of foot traffic. Uh, number two, uh, it was a pretty well securing that I did with the um, wires because, as you know, working as a sound man for many years, I, it became a habit to make sure that these types of wires are always tucked up because I don't want equipment ruined. Because you have to admit, the stuff's not cheap. So I made sure it was all tucked up good. And I had the remainder of the wiring in front of me, visibly in front of me while I'm looking at it at the recorder and the monitor. So, and I, and my position was just outside the door to the room, if you recall. So yes. I was able to view into the room everybody's positions in the room as well as the wiring as it went around the corner of the room so uh, as you guys were talking about the events that were happening in the room before and then you started talking about the former uh, caretaker Michael and uh, issues with him uh, that's when the camera decided it was going to turn at about 45 degrees the first time I thought that was rather weird. I had uh, Leanne from uh, I'm sorry from um, Whaling City uh, Ghost. I had her reset the 
camera for me, and I had her test the wiring. She jumped on it, pulled on it, tugged on it, did everything she could to try and get that camera to move. Which you can actually see on the video. Yes. Which she was unable to make it move in any direction, uh, like I said, because it, it was very well secured. Um, and then as soon as she was done, everybody was out of the room but her. Then the camera decides it's going to turn 90 degrees to face her this time. Now, one thing that I do want to point out, and uh, we, we did hear that audible whisper um, while everybody was talking about Michael that drew everybody's attention to what was going on in that room. Correct. We, we didn't capture that on the audio on the camera, though. That is correct. Which is similar to that to that growl that we heard the time before where everybody heard it, but we didn't document it on. It didn't come out on the recorders. Which we're you, running. You, at the time. you heard it as a growl. I heard something different, but we all heard something. Well, the first time I heard it like a growl, but the second time, the night that we're talking about, we were filming the video. I we all heard a whisper, right? S- some sort of whisper that was coming out of that room, and and Jay alludes to it in the article, saying that you know everybody denied making that. Well, because it came over the camera, so you know we would have known if it was one of us in the room, but it came over the the speakers. That's where we heard it. Right, but it wasn't picked up on the recording. Yes. But so that's kind of what drew our attention to what was going on in the room in the first place. Right. Because we were kind of all talking and, and, you know, sharing what had happened downstairs, and we weren't really paying attention to the room at that time. I know you were watching the screen, but, we, you know, we were all discussing other areas of the house, and then, mm-hmm. you know, the subject of Michael came up, and that, you know, supposedly got something worked up. So now, Matt Costa, you don't, you're not convinced that there's no way that this camera could have been uh, unintentionally manipulated by a human. Not exactly. I wasn't. Ex- I wasn't there. I was there at the setup. But well, then who are you to judge, <laughs> Mister? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But judging from just watching the video itself, um, I know for a fact that the chest that he put it on wasn't exactly flat. So the second time when in the video where uh, Luann repositions the camera she could very well have put it on uh one of the raised cast iron straps Mm -hmm. for the chest and it could have fallen over by itself because i mean it is a very it's a very light camera and And it's round it's it's spherical it's like one of those uh you know like security cameras if you it was dark in there i mean she could have set it down and like it could have just voluntarily fallen over so but it doesn't. I can understand if it was to fall forward and fall over, but it doesn't. It turns left to right. The right. second time, right to left. Oh, the, the second time, it walks over. If you look carefully, it angles up over and turns itself in several different motions. Now, if it was falling, it would fall in one motion. It wouldn't uh, reposition itself, turn, reposition itself, turn, reposition itself, and turn. Well, let's let's go to the phones here in case this is Luann calling in. Good evening, man. Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Hi, guys. It is me. Okay, good. So we we want to bring you into the discussion as well. And no, I was definitely very careful about how I set it back down on there, and I had my flashlight, so I checked the setup before I actually left it there. It was very stable. There's one question that I have for you, Luann, and and it bothers me that I have to ask it because I know you as an investigator, and I know you as a person, and I trust you, but there's also the possibility that when you are trying to... Um, disprove that you could have that somebody could have kicked it that you would try you know you, you, in the video you can clearly see that you're trying to make the camera move but is it possible that you don't try every possibility 
because you're afraid that you might hit that one spot where it does move subconsciously, you know what I mean? Or did you try every I possible way? pretty much tried everything. I was jumping on that wire. Which also you can see in the video. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm just asking these questions because, you know, you have to to be able to, to debunk this video in any possible I way. I think what's really weird about it is it's like it almost waited for the second when I turned off my flashlight and I was blind for a second. So I didn't even, you know, it was like that one second for my eyes to adjust. That's when it took to move, so I only heard it move. Yeah, you didn't really know that it moved till uh, you can actually hear Moni tell you on the video that it moved again. Right. Now, the second, when you actually went back in the second time, you were the only one in the room. Right, yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the first time it moves, uh, Liz is in the room, the psychic is there with you. So it was almost like it was kind of following you guys out, if, if you want to you know, make that make that jump. Yeah, I actually just saw the video, too. I didn't know you guys had that posted yet, just so posted I just it watched today. it before I called. So, With the lovely trial version posted right in the <laughs> middle of it. But I can't afford a video ca- a video conversion program, so oh. <laughs> uh, I figured the best way we could get it up there is, is that way. Now, Matt, are you filming in that room again tonight? Uh, no, somebody has rented that room, so. Oh, okay. Uh, and somebody that but doesn't... But they were kind enough to let us set up and test things for, you know... To verify that you know this is how we did it, and I made it a point to videotape us showing how it couldn't be moved just by you know moving the uh, wire. Well, we Every time the camera does move, you really got to yank. I mean, you got to put some serious force behind it, and uh, it turns in the opposite direction now, that it does guys, in the video. So you guys, you guys tried uh, pulling on the wire. Did you guys try kicking? We also the tried pushing it. Yes. Yeah. Like okay. kicking it with your foot and and. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you push your foot. You, the more the more you push it forward, the you know it does nothing. It just creates more slack behind the camera. We'll put and that. And as you know, Matt, you were there. You helped me set up the camera itself. All of this spare slack was right there in front of me. And I was watching it as it was happening. You're watching that, that slack, in the monitor? That, the, I mean, the <laughs> slack time. was right there in front of me, you know, right next to the monitor. I would have seen, you know, the wire move. The black the wire time. in the dark room? <laughs> hey, he's, he's 100% skeptic. <laughs> you just you pulled your leg, Matt. I was going to say, he's the one that set it up. <laughs> <laughs> you just giving you crap. So, but we will, we'll, we'll take that video that you took tonight and we'll put it up, uh, on YouTube and on SpookySouthCoast.com and, and what we'll do is we'll partner it up with this footage and, and we'll see, you know, cause we're putting it out there and we want people to try to break it down, obviously, right, Matt? I mean, we want people to come at it as skeptical as they can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I recommend people come to the house, rent, rent the room for the night, try it yourself. Well, we'll actually be there for another investigation coming up in early October, so we'll get the chance to see if it can happen again and recreate it. And what we'll do this time is, because now you have multiple cameras, now we yeah. can position a camera in a similar, at the exact same location and then put another camera across the room to document that camera. Well, this time I'm also going to be using my wireless, so tripping over wires won't be an issue or an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... Uh, I guess we can't argue with that. <laughs> well, you can try. Well, why don't we, uh, Luann, we hope you can stay with us for the rest of the show. Okay, All I right. can do that. Why don't we take a break right now because we have to pay some bills. When we come back, we'll talk <laughs> about the EVPs that you captured uh, that are also up on SpookySouthCoast.com as well. Okay, and I was actually trying to send them to you, but uh, Matt's 
Matt's mailbox is full. Oh, Matt, you're such a popular guy. I have 44 EVPs just off of the RCA, and then so I don't even mailbox? remember how many off the Sony. No, Costa's email. Is that, and that's from that night only? Um, that is from that night only. Wow. We have an incredible amount of EVPs, and a lot of them are pretty clear. <laughs> Well, we they have, don't like you. It seems they called you a couple names. <laughs> well, a lot of people do like me. Why <laughs> yeah, should people why should like the, you? I don't know why the dead ones don't like yeah, you. Well, well, the dead believe me. They're smarter. That's just <laughs> what it is. They're on to me. Oh boy! All right. So why don't we take a break and we'll play those EVPs when we come back, and you can judge for yourself. They have some naughty words that we shouldn't play on the radio, so you'll get to hear them. Uh, just stay tuned. We'll be right back here on Spooky South Coast. From the studios of AM 1420 WBSF, into the night and beyond, here's more of Smoky South Coast. I really need Bose to send me those free headphones. You can send them to Spooky South Coast. Care of incredible strength. Don't, don't, don't send them to WBSM. You Herman Munster's those headphones. <laughs> Darn, darn, darn. we got to get, like, a drop of that. All right, well, let's go back to the phones. We have science advisor Matt Moniz and Whaling City Ghosts founder Luann Jolie on the phone. We are talking about the investigation of the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast we did for SoCo Magazine, and we can finally share all of this stuff with everybody. We've been sitting on it, and we've been dying to talk about it. And even Luann's called up a couple of times and hinted at it, and we've had to stop her, and now it's out there and it's official, and we can almost talk about the television investigation we did as well, Luann. Yes, we can soon. Soon, then that'll be great, because then we won't be have to hold anything under our hat. I know it. It's so hard to do that. But isn't it, in your opinion, would you say that we had more activity the night of the magazine investigation that we did with the television investigation? Um, I would have to say so. It's like the EVPs, I think, are doubled from that night. Although we did also have two recorders running um, as for Wheeling City Ghosts that night. So um, for the TV show, we actually were only running one. And now is Gabby in the process of getting her video uh, transferred on a DVD from from that night, from the magazine investigation? Yes, she is. Um, I think she has them almost completed the last um, I heard from her. Because we'd love to get the video up there. I want to see the video of what happened in the murder room. Let's talk about that a little bit uh, for everybody. We were actually in the Morse room where uh, Mrs. Boyden was murdered. Uh, it was kind of the first stop on our investigation that night. It was yourself, me, uh, Matt. You were, you were with us then still, right? Yep. And uh, also Jay, the writer, was in there, and Gabby and Liz, the psychic who, who works at the house. And... Why don't you tell everybody just what we were going through, what what we were doing in that room at first? Um, geez, actually, we went in there for the pushing. <laughs> um, there's actually the, that spot on the floor where uh, Abby was murdered. Um, where it's it, That is really strange because the, it did actually happen to me this time, and, and I really was, like, bearing down against it. I was, like, in a really tough stance, and... There is some kind of force there. It was actually almost like holding me up, and I couldn't keep it from pushing me back no matter how hard I pushed. Now, Matt Moniz, you've experienced that. Yes, I did. Is there is there any kind of scientific explanation for why that might happen? I mean, I know we uh, talked about vertigo in the past or, or you know, just that type of 
falling feeling, but when you're resolute against it and it still happens. Uh, yeah, and uh, I even tried the you know um, backyard type of level to see if the floor was uneven or something. Um, and from what I could tell, the floor does seem level, or as level as level can be for this kind of house given its age. Um, figuring maybe the pitch caused you to move or mm-hmm. something if it was slightly uneven. The only thing I can think of is maybe it has something to do with the wear and the padding of of, of the carpet in the room or something. From a lot of people like laying in that spot and yeah, trying to recreate the photo. And... Yeah. Well, uh, Skeptic Steve over there had that happen to him while he was standing there too. Uh, Matt Costa, you you actually experienced that a little bit. Yeah, I was wondering if it could also be like a type of vertigo. Just like because you have yeah. your eyes closed, you have your eyes and... closed, and you're just kind of standing there and. I don't know. Or it's a combination of like something being a little unlevel, the vertigo, and my, you know. My my oh. defense of the vertigo idea is that I say to you, I can stand right here and do the same thing, and if it was just vertigo, I would get the same type of feeling. Mm-hmm. But I can also say to you that it's possible that when I'm standing right here, I have more control, and I'm not giving myself up as freely. And hoping something will push me like it does there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's almost like you, you try to discredit it and you really can't because it's it's going to be different for everybody in each situation. But at least at least at least you had something happen to you. Yeah, I did. I felt it as well. So I don't know what it is. If it is paranormal, it could just be one of those weird things. Yeah, I mean maybe it's somebody pulling a shoelace. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, it. Now, Luann, we were in that room for quite some time, and Matt was with us for most of that time when we were actually um, getting these drops in temperature. Uh, you guys had your digital thermometers with you. We were getting some, some pretty decent drops in temperature, uh, and that seemed to start to be the buildup of some sort of activity. It did, um, and actually there is an EVP that goes with that. Um, when we were actually doing that, um, we were getting the temperature to drop. Um, Gabby was actually asking it to drop the temperature, and it did begin to drop. And at one point, she says, can you bring it down to 65? And it it answers her. It says, 65, I'm trying. You know, wow. these things were interacting with us all night. Um, we didn't hear them audibly, of course, most of the time, although we did hear that whisper in the room with the whole video cam idea. But... Um, they were interacting with us a lot, well, um, you when, know. When we did the temperature drop, and we did get it to drop a little bit, uh, and we, at the same time, Liz was sensing that Mr. Borden was coming into the room. Yep. And while this was going on, uh, what event, well, we actually did take a photo, Matt, just because, you know, you, you think that, you know, we're, we're a bunch of crazy people that believe everything. Yep. We did debunk that photo that we took where we saw the weird thing in the mirror yeah. in that room. and the, we, uh, Oh, yep. Bending yep. headboard. Yes, the very strange situation with that headboard. The headboard on that bed appeared as something strange in the photo, and we didn't think that that angle was possible, but it, it took you yeah, a long time to recreate yeah, had no, it. I, we had actually no idea what it was at first. Mm-hmm. But then uh, after a while of kind of trying a million different angles, we found the right angle and figured out it was the headboard reflecting in the mirror. So. And we were glad because that's a lot easier to figure out than what it would have been otherwise. Yep. And so we're in that room, and, and it uh, was after the... That re- was when I officially got the name Archie DeBunker. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> I just that should I don't care. I love it. Archie Debunker. Oh jeezy, did you buy anything? Huh? So after this is when we started uh, really prodding whatever was in the room. Um, there is actually an interesting picture I have. I'm gonna have have to post for you guys. It's actually a low light picture where I'm not using flash. Mm-hmm. And what I'm shooting at is at Elizabeth, and she was talking about, you know, Liz, Liz the psychic, angry. What was that? Liz the psychic, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, she was talking about him getting angry. It was um, maybe a little bit before it actually started touching her. Um, it's just a very strange little orange glow around where she was sitting. Um, you really can't see anything in the picture. It's, like, completely black. Um, you see one small little green camera light to one side, and then where her head is is a little orange glow. And I, I've been looking at this picture and kind of, oh, I will post it up for you guys. I, I can't really explain what made this little orange glow. Maybe, you know, someone else can, but it, it was right before, you know, whatever it was started poking her in the back. Well, we might have some explanation for you, but we'll we'll do that off the air at a, at a different time. But uh, at the same time, you, you're talking about when when it's you said before it started to actually go after, and that's what actually happened. Yeah. And and Gabby has video of it, and and we saw it with our own eyes that Mr. Borden came into the room and started physically accosting Liz, and to the point where scratches and welts were developing on her out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty amazing. And at the same time, you know, the temperature was dropping around her. And, uh, you know, we were documenting changes in the temperature in her immediate area. And uh, there I am. You know, I already know they don't like me. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. And I know that Liz, you know, is there quite often. And she has relationships with certain spirits she feels are in the house. But so I decided to be the the dashing, swashbuckling paranormal investigator and said, hey, stop picking on her. Pick on me. I won't even fight back. And I put my hands up over my head. Uh, kind of like I do when Matt Costa tries to go after me because I'm like, I'm not afraid of you, buddy. Come on, let's go. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I could feel two hands push themselves onto my elbows and wrestle me back toward the wall. And I even said out loud, I said, I'll let you push me as far as the wall, and that's it. And whatever it was was pushing me against the wall. And, you know, I, I, I definitely wouldn't make that up because I would look like a total fool on the video. I'm sure I look stupid standing there, like, bending my elbow. And I just don't want to look stupid. So I'm telling you, something was literally bending my arms back, pushing me back toward the wall. Uh, and at which case, when that was happening, we were documenting serious temperature drops in front of me. And I guess really after that happened, the activity kind of stopped in that room and we moved on to another room. And strangely enough, the temperature was fine after that. Yeah. But uh, we did go back up to the third floor uh, and we did some investigating up there and that's where a lot of these EVPs that we have tonight, the ones that you sent me uh, right after the investigation we have those to play uh, so why don't we play those now and uh, we'll, we'll kind of set up each one uh, the first one that we're going to play is how I know that they don't really like me very much because of the name that they call me uh, so Matt why don't you roll that EVP Just real quick, it calls me a name. Uh, it's a whisper. 
It sounds almost female. Let me play it one more time, Matt. And I will not ask you, Luann, to say what you think it is that's being said there. I think it came out pretty clear. Uh, now, to let everybody know what that noise is right before it happens, too. Um, I can't hear that one. I'm not sure which one you're playing. Oh, that's the one where they call me an a-hole. Oh, when they call you the A thing? Yes. Um, but that noise that you hear right before is the camera. That's yes. Just so everybody knows. Yes, that's... I had to think there. <laughs> so uh, that that's that one. Why don't we play the, the next one? And this one definitely has graphic language. This is, you'll, you'll hear me asking the spirit. This is when we're laying on the bed in the Knowlton room trying to get, I think, I believe we were trying to get the spirit to raise Jay, the writer's legs up. And so here was uh, their response when I asked them that question. I'll take my legs up again. All right, I was asking it to raise my legs up again, but we'll, why don't we play that one more time and, and you'll hear a whisper after that. That's uh, two FCC fines. Thank, thank you, Ghost of Lizzie Borden's house. Uh, we have another one that was captured uh, that same night where it, it's what Luann believes is, uh, what she told me she believes is Lizzie coming through and, and kind of defending herself. And unlike these other ones, this one doesn't sound like it's right being said right into the recorder. It sounds a little bit farther away, so... There in the background. We'll play it again. You've got to really pay attention in the background there. Luann, could you hear that one? I can't really hear them, but that, if that's the one that I think is Lizzie, I love the accent. It's like all of these EVPs. It's like I feel for these spirits. You know, I'm a good daughter. <laughs> And and that's I mean you can hear it but it's definitely farther away. Definitely, she uh, she wasn't right up close. And can we speculate that it's possible that whatever was saying these other things uh, was stronger and holding her back? Or um, I think these other things that are talking are a little more willing to come forward. Um, I don't know if they're holding the Bordens back. Um, I don't know how those things work, if they're just stuck there because of the whole thing that happened. Um, I guess it is a possibility that they do hold them back. Why don't we play the last one, and this one is, uh, this is the one that you refer to as the really creepy EVP. I to go back to He's over the gentleman. But if you hear right at the beginning of that, you hear some sort of what Luann, you said you think is a, like an, an inhuman squeal almost. Yeah, that really, I can imagine my eyes popping out of my head when it came through the headphones. That, that's pretty, <laughs> that one was a little intense. I want to play that one more time, Matt. I had to go back to Paul and ask you. Please 
Now, Matt, that's the first time that you're hearing some of those. What do you think? I don't know. A couple of them are pretty good. I mean... So, I don't know. They're not exactly clear. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What class would you... Well, I'd say class B, because they're not yeah. outright being said to you, but you can make out the words without somebody having to suggest yeah. them to you. Oh. I mean, I'm... <laughs> I wish it was a little bit more muddled when they swear because we're probably going to get in trouble for playing those. <laughs> Monies, what are your thoughts on those? Could you hear them? No, I couldn't hear them. Okay. And unfortunately, i got to get back. I've got Chris doing uh, the telephone in one room and a seance going on in the other, and I've got to get the recorders going. Aha, the seance. Exactly where we were going next with our discussion. So you go do that, and you let us know what goes on. All right. I'll talk I'll, to you tomorrow about that. I'll give you a call back, uh, well, probably tomorrow. All right, sounds good. All right, guys, have a good one. Take it easy. Have fun. Yep, bye. Now, Luann, you were present when we did the seance. Yes, I was. It was uh, interesting, to say the least. Um, You know I went under the table. Yeah, Um, absolutely. It's it's (laughs) actually referenced in the story. Yes, actually. Um, And the funny thing is, is I was watching the same hands, too. (laughs) And when they came off the table and the table was still moving, I really can't say how that was happening well, i mean we don't really have to sugarcoat anything really because you know we're investigators that well you're investigators and at this point i was an investigator that night i don't consider myself an investigator but while we were there we were investigators and when we all sat down to this table we all had the same idea in our minds we all suspected that there was going to be some sort of uh chicanery on the part of liz you know or or one of any one of them they all you know i mean i actually do like all of them they seem like very nice oh, people sure. but no, they, are. they do work there of course they want people to keep coming in because oh. it secures them a job so. and, but we have to do our job and so. our job is to make sure that you know that there's no possible explanation for this other than the paranormal so when we all sat down naturally liz is a target uh colleen you know is is going to be a target because you know obviously we know uh, who they are and what the situation is, but somebody coming into this as an investigator could say, you know, how do I know they're not in cahoots? Uh, exactly. And I can verify, having sat there, that the table moved when everybody had their hands off of it. Yes, it There did. were parts when the table was moving so bad that everybody lifted their hands up and it still moved. And you're watching what's going on under the table so you know it's not anybody's feet. There's no levers under there. I mean, none that I could see. We've used that table. We've moved that table. We've been in that dining room numerous times. So there's not any kind of elaborate rigging system underneath to make it move. <laughs> it is an old creaky table, and it would only take somebody pushing on it a little bit to make it creak. But there, when, when we were asking questions and we say knock once for yes, twice for no, or whatever we said, I, I was expecting the knocks to come from right in front of uh, Liz. The knocks came from right in front of me, which I wasn't knocking the table. Nobody could have had their legs or hands under the table near me. So, I mean, that's when I was like, okay, maybe there is something to this. But when, tell everybody what you were doing during the process of, of the of the seance. Well, I was basically observing this. Um, yeah, you did not participate. No, I, I didn't. I basically... I. I kind of felt a little bit uncomfortable about it, to tell you the truth. I mean, I want to stay in things even when I do feel uncomfortable because I want to be an objective, you know, witness to these things. And um, I, I just, I don't know what was moving the table. 
if it's Mr. Borden, if it's any of the other ones, and opening up that way, I'm I'm not going to participate unless I feel comfortable that I've protected myself. Um, I'll observe. I'll be there, but I, I would not, in, the, in that kind of a scenario, um, I wouldn't participate in something like that. But are you confident that you did enough investigating on the side to ensure that there's no oh, way they that this could have been They were not moving that table, so I would have to say that the movement of the table was most likely paranormal. There, yeah. were, there were no legs of any of the people that could have touched the legs of the table, and I don't think that the way that it moved if someone were pushing it with their foot, that it would have moved like that. And it did steadily keep going towards you. Yeah, well. <laughs> they yeah. like you there. Or don't like me, as the case may be. <laughs> but, uh, and also, in addition to your observations and, and the data that you recorded, also Gabby had her camera switched on in night vision too, right? Yes. Yeah, so she was videotaping the entire thing, and I noticed she was poking her camera right under there as you were poking your flashlight under there. So uh, once we get that video up there, hopefully that can be conclusive proof that there wasn't anybody messing around with the table. But, I mean, I'm I'm convinced, especially when it starts trying to pin me up against the wall and uh, everybody else is stepping back away from it. So, uh, I mean, in the couple of times that you've been in there and investigated, what, what are your thoughts about the activity that goes on there? Do you think that because we're there and focusing our attention on it, it draws it out more? Or do you think that they're always active always trying to get their uh, message out there, and, and people just don't always pay attention. Well, I've always thought that if you put people in the field that are already attractive to spirits, that just being there is going to set them up. Um, I'm trying to understand that. You know I call it my science with the PSY. Um, I think that we have to come to an area where the science and the people that are called psychics or sensitives or however a person wants to call them. I think if you can meld the both of them, I think I get a lot of evidence. When I go out in the field, if I'm at a place where spirits are present, I usually get some kind of EVP or something for being out there. So I think that they're probably attracted to you. I think they're attracted to Gabby. I think they're attracted to me. And just being there is going to set them up. I think that probably in the Lizzie Borden's house there is a lot of activity that goes on anyways. It's a very active place. As soon as I walk into the house, I feel it. It's almost like an adrenaline rush. I, I, I guess I'm feeding off of them too or something, but it's, it's definitely an intense feeling, and especially when there's activity going on in there, it's almost like it intensifies inside of me. Um, I think on any given day when you go in there, there's probably going to be some kind of small activity, but putting those attractive people in there is going to definitely set them off. Well, one thing that didn't make it into the article, uh, but that did happen to us while we were there, is when we were outside and we were on the back porch, and you guys were kind of just talking, uh, yourself and Gabby, and I think Colleen was out there with you, and you were out talking and pointing around the digital thermometer, and you pointed it upward outside one of the second-floor windows. I want to tell everybody what kind of happened when, when you were just playing around with the thermometer out there. Yeah, that was that was kind of strange. It went down to, like, what, 32 degrees? Yeah, actually it went to 29. Yeah, that's right. And it was like a 74-degree night, and it was 74 yeah. everywhere else but Humid. that one spot. That one spot, 
because I aimed it all around. I, I can't really give you an explanation why there was one really cold spot on a, you know, what was it, August 8th? Yeah, it was. Summer night. And now, Matt, you had questions about that when we reported that back to you. You originally thought it could be... Well, isn't the uh, air conditioning up there? Ironically, no. I actually checked with Luann, uh, Luann, with Leanne. Leanne. There is no vent there for the air conditioning. No. Uh, One of the thoughts was that it could have been leaking from a window, but then the natural conclusion to that is that couldn't be possible because why would it read 29 degrees? I don't think it could possibly be that cold. The the overall temperature inside the house was an average of 72 degrees. There, there were there were rooms that were 72 to 74 and the lowest readings we got were 68. And that's, you know, let's just say they didn't turn the air conditioning on for us that night because we weren't paying guests. <laughs> so it was it was the same temperature pretty much inside as it was outside. Yes. The um, the one thing, too, that is interesting about that cold spot is what would normally happen scientifically if you put 29 degree, a pocket of 29-degree weather in a 74-degree night? It's going to have some burst of energy, a little some, lightning storm. Be fog. Yeah, there'd be right? some sort of fog. Yeah, some, fog or dew. And especially with the humidity level, what it was that night, it was, you know, August, so it was very humid. Uh, you'd get some sort of humidity, some sort of moisture... In some fashion, and there was nothing. There was nothing visually to indicate that there would be less of a temperature there. And it, it was just really coincidence that they were able to point the thermometer up there and get that reading. Because you guys weren't pointing window to window. You guys were just kind of messing around, right? No, I was just kind of messing around. We were talking, and I started pointing around. and You got then, a little bit of a dip, and then you, know, you prodded it to go lower, right? Um, yes, actually, we did. Colleen and I prodded it to go lower and got as low as 29 so I'm it, trying to find. I had a weather report for that night. I well, once you find it, we can post it up with all the evidence okay. uh, on the website. I'm going to have Matt, who is uh, our, our webmaster now. I'm going to have him eight, take eight, everything. Seventy-six percent humidity, seventy-eight degrees. So yeah, there definitely would have been some moisture buildup, and no no explanation for a twenty-nine degree. Uh, reading, but I'll, Matt, I'll have you take everything off the blog, and you can put it on the evidence page, and then okay. we can build a, a case file there. Okay, I think uh, because we'll keep adding all this stuff to it because it's it's interesting at the very least. I mean, you, you don't have to believe in the paranormal to say, well, then what the heck was happening that night? Why did these you know six crazy people all go into a house and have all these weird things happen to them? I say <laughs> because there's something there. You're still not convinced, Matt. Not exactly. Oh, what, what's it going to take to you to to oh. convince you? Maybe I should actually stay longer than, like, <laughs> two hours. <laughs> That's true. That you, yeah, you, he seems to miss a lot. I know, I do. Well, uh, part of the problem is he leaves right after the pizza. <laughs> right after we order the pizza, that's oh, when that's when Matt is. through Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, right after the pizza and before I have to throw in money for it. Yeah, ironically. <laughs> it's called, that's called pulling a Moniz. <laughs> I was just kidding. I just tease him. We tease him because we love him. So, uh, Matt, we are going to be going back there soon for another investigation. And uh, I know you're already planning on leaving early (laughs) for that one, but hopefully we can get you there and and get some of the stuff going on. Definitely. And And we'll uh, get him some great video footage so that we can play it back for him. (laughs) We we definitely recommend uh, any investigator that wants to get into the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. Obviously, October is a very busy time with Halloween, but after that, things tend to slow down. 
So if you'd like to book a paranormal investigation, you can email me, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com, and I'll pass all your information on to Leanne Wilbur, the operator of the house, and we'll set up some dates. Uh, you can also call them directly. I don't have the number off the top of my head, but I can get it. And if you do book a paranormal investigation and you want us to be involved, please let us know because we are only a short drive away and we're always more than willing to come by and help document what's going on. And, I think uh, uh, Lizzie Borden's would make a great training field for, for groups who are larger, who have more members that they want to train. Um, you know there's activity there. It's a nice enclosed space. You can kind of concentrate on the rooms that have activity. Um, I find the staff there is so willing to help you out and be you know, open oh, with course. what's going on. And I do have their contact phone number. It's 508-675-7333. If you want to get a hold of Leanne and everybody over at the Lizzie Board and Bed and Breakfast to book a room or to book an investigation, uh, you can do that. And uh, uh, Luann, we thank you for joining us on that investigation. And, of course, we look forward to working with you in the future there and in other locations. Anytime we love working with Spooky South Coast. You guys are great. All right. Thank you for checking in tonight. Oh, anytime for that, too. I love your show. All right. Thanks. Have a good night. You, too. Bye-bye. And, of course, Penny, we thank you for coming in and, and sharing this time with us uh, And what's going to be a hugely busy month for yourself and Guru and, and Dr. Von Bulow, I'm sure. That's right. Thank you, Scary, much for, for having me here, fellas. And uh, you can find out more about uh, my terrifying little show at www.shillingshockers.com. And we're all watching it in the studio right now. And now that the show's over, we'll be able to catch the second hour. Excellent. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So for Matt Coster, for Matt Moniz, for Luann and Penny Dreadful and our, our in-studio guest as well, we'd like to thank you all for joining us. We'll be back next week in some, sort of fa- some form of fashion. Stay tuned to SpookySouthCoast.com for more information. But until we speak again, we want you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems. Or at least, until yesterday begins again.